guys welcome back to the max spence business podcast uh thank you guys for tuning in i really appreciate it so today's guest is joe killinger so we are actually going to be talking about how to grow and diversify your business as a commercial real estate agent so joe has been involved in real estate in the real estate industry for over 30 years uh in that time he's marketed over 5900 assets uh he's also closed over 900 million dollars worth of deals it's great to have you on the show joe Thank you for having me, Max. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So you say I've been in the business for 30 years. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I was doing some research and uh, you actually started when you were 18 years old. Right. And, yeah. I got started very young. I started doing in, actually in Lincoln, Nebraska. I uh, started selling farms and I had a, ended up with a very good mentor. So it was yeah. it was quite the start because I parted my hair to the side. I bought some just like cheap plastic glasses to make me look a little older. I still at 18, I still looked like I was like 14. So <laughs> thank God for that mentor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's absolutely incredible. So uh, talking about that a, a little bit. So where did you sort of you grew up in Nebraska? Uh, what right. schools did you go to? And then what was your sort of first passion? I, I like to just do this as just sort of like, you know, a little bit of an icebreaker to just sort of see, sure. um, you know, so people can get a general understanding of who who, who the guest is. Yeah. I grew up in uh, Wallback, Nebraska. It was, I uh, grew up on a, a working farm. So I was a farm boy. Uh, Wallback is, uh, has a whopping population of 281 people. <laughs> so a very, very small town. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, you know, I look back now, I didn't like it when I was there, of course, because I always thought, oh, there's just nothing to do. But I look back and that having that, those people around me was key to what I'm actually doing now. And so, because you know, back there, you really have to take responsibility for yourself. And, you know, if not, your, your, your buddy's parents might say something to you. And, you know, so you, it takes a village to raise a child, right? Well, that's what I came from and loved it. Um, went from Wallback to the University of Nebraska. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, so I only got to go about six semesters total and ended up running out of money. But while I was in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, I started, you know, I always had an interest in real estate and my father was an auctioneer and he ended up doing some real estate. And so I just kind of got the bug then. And so I ended up with this company in Nebraska called Woods Brothers Realty and Pace Woods and Pace Woods Jr. Uh, that owned the company. I guess maybe they felt sorry for me, uh, gave me an opportunity to, to start selling real estate there. And, you know, the mentoring was kind of like, here's a phone book. Uh, are you a good person, Joe? Yes, I think so. Okay, well, those people uh, deserve to hear from somebody that's good that knows a lot about real estate. And so I just started cold calling. And you know, I learned the market first. I learned it as, as best I could. It was really hard because back then there was really no data, but I just asked a lot of questions and got on the phone and just talked to the farmer saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Can you tell me about your farm and what you're doing? And I started making notes. Um, then I'm getting a, a really good mentor then. Um, but eventually there was just no, no jobs in Nebraska. Uh, it was really hard to be commission based uh, at 18 years old, 19 years old. And so I ended up moving to California and was still a, an interest in real estate. And I got my real estate license, started mentoring under a residential agent. 
uh, really got the idea that, you know, residential wasn't something that I really enjoyed that much. Uh, so I gravitated toward commercial real estate and real estate investing. And, you know, they ended up starting a commercial real estate company uh, with my business partner, now business partner, George Pino. We've been partners for 20 plus years. And uh, now we've got Commercial Brokers International in Los Angeles. We have about 14 agents. It's a full service brokerage. Uh, we do have a great affiliate network that we created. So we've got affiliates all around the country. We can service the United States and a few other. We've got the UK, uh, Bangalore, South Africa, and Australia. We've got affiliates there. And so we've just been growing that business. And uh, while we've been growing the brokerage business, uh, we've also been buying assets. And so we own properties in California and in Texas. So wow. in a nutshell. Yeah. 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 The, the first thing I want to mention is uh, Commercial Brokers International. I, I, I really love that name. That, that, that's such a good name. <laughs> yeah, we, we got lucky on that one. I think. <laughs> we didn't yeah. do it scientific. We just sat around and talked and I don't know. I don't even remember how we came up with that. But yeah, that, 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 that is absolutely awesome. Um, so yeah. So, you know, from, from what you've said so far, like you, you have a great deal of knowledge. So I'm really excited to jump into that. Because, uh, you know, the commercial agents that are probably listening, um, you know, that, that maybe have just started, uh, you know, would love to hear sort of your tips and tricks and, you know, the oh, all, yeah. all, all, all the hard knock lessons you've learned over the past 30 years that you've probably learned a lot of. Um, so why don't we just start off with, um, you know, maybe the most basic thing is like getting clients as like a, uh, as an agent, a commercial agent. Starting yeah. Out, right. Which is probably one of the hardest things. Well, I mean, that's your whole business, right? Absolutely. Just getting those first few clients. So how, how do you sort of mentor and teach your own agents now how to go about uh, getting clients? I'm going to start it even a little bit further ahead than that, Max, is, you know, to become a commercial real estate agent, you better damn well be ready to be an entrepreneur. You know, it, it is entrepreneurship times 10. Um, you are going to have to really understand the amount of work it takes. I get a good number of people that will, we will end up talking to. They'll come in and uh, they want to talk about becoming a commercial real estate agent. And they don't really have a, a really good idea just ex exactly how the business is structured. And it's not like those million dollar listing shows that are on TV. That is, that is, that's reality TV. Commercial real estate is, it, it is a very, it's a difficult business. There are a lot of people in it. If you are going to get into it, you want to come with the mindset that I am going to be the best commercial real estate agent there is out there. And the way that's going to start is, um, you know, you, you go off to college, you know, you, you have your fun, but you've got this alumni. So you want to work your alumni system, right? If you don't go to, if you didn't make it to college, like I didn't, you work your sphere of influence. You got to start working your sphere of everybody, you know, I would guarantee you right now, Max, there is somebody in your sphere of influence that knows a real estate deal. They need an office, they need an investment, uh, you know, office investment, or they need an office lease, retail, something. It's just, you have to find those people. So how do you find them, right? Is calling them, asking them for the business, e putting them on an email program, email every couple of weeks, and you know, for you get start for you to get started in real estate, the sphere of influence is going to be the fastest way. But and then so sphere of influence, email them, cold calling, 
cold call every day. And it, it's going to come down to structure. Make sure you structure your cold calls every day. Actually, your whole day should be structured. You know, I'm going to do cold calls every day, block off that time, stay focused on it. Don't take other calls. We're doing cold calls. Um, you know, make sure you've got your, your email program set to go out every week, every two weeks. And depending on your asset class, um, you know, you're going to want to do a block program, which I'll explain in a minute. But um, your marketing, how are you going to market yourself? If you're going to do, if you're going to create your own website as a commercial agent and your company will allow it, you want to make sure your branding's on point. You want to make sure it all fits. You got to think you are the business. You, you are what you're putting out there. And so make sure you've got your branding on point and you're keeping it consistent across all platforms. What your LinkedIn looks like should be what your Twitter looks like, your Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are. TikTok, I guess, has become very powerful. And if you're not on TikTok, it might be something you want to take a look at. Um, I'm on there. I don't use it right, but it does. It has drawn a little bit of business. It's really starting to take off, though. Um, but now uh, to go back to the block program I was talking about, if you're going to be a retail agent, you want to focus on retail, then you're going to want to do a block program. A block program is to take a certain block, like four blocks or five blocks in any given area. And every two weeks you walk that area and you walk in and you get to know the people that are working in that retail store. You talk to the manager or assistant manager, whoever you can get to know. And then you, once you leave there, you just leave behind and then hit all those areas. Make sure you come back in a couple of weeks. And after you do this for a month or so, they're gonna to get to know you pretty well. Make sure that they remember you. And then once you've got their comfort level, they're gonna start giving you information about what's going on in the community. You're gonna walk into Joe Schmo retail store and say, hey, what's going on manager? How are you? Good to see you again. Uh, what's going on in the area? You're having this conversation with them. Oh, I hear this company's going out. And so now you've taken this information and you can call the property owners and say, hey, in, in that area, in that same block, say, hey, I'm working your area. And did you know these people are going out? And so in your area, and you've got to bring value in everything you do, right? That's the only way you're going to get ahead in this business. Your marketing needs to bring value. If you're doing marketing that is showing what's going on in a certain community, um, state or a city, it's going to be key because you want to be that person that you, if I'm thinking real estate, you're the person I think of top of mind. So you've got to create that value. And so for retail block program is really key. But again, to the structure, you want to structure your day so that you have it to where this is what I'm going to be doing it throughout the day at these times, and then try and stick with it as best you can. Obviously, as we all know, things get thrown in that, you know, somebody walks in the office, you got to talk to them, it gets mixed, but you want to make sure you've got that structure. And, so, you know, so, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off there, uh, but but uh, I, I, people might be listening and be like, okay, like the structure your day. What, what, what would you say is like a basic structure uh, structure yeah. that you would do for your day? Like, should you, you know, like do the cold calling at the beginning of the day because you're more sharp or, you know, should you uh, maybe structure something else into there? Like it depends what, what, on your market. It depends on your market and your person. You know, it's, this is what I, I have. Uh, this is what I do is 830 marketing goes out. So social marketing goes out. 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and about twice a week, TikTok. And I make sure everything goes out. Nine to 9.30, cold calls go for two hours. So you're at 11, 11.30. And then uh, emails go until noon. One to 1.30 is just uh, follow-up calls from the day before. And then three, I think it's 2.33, so almost five is cold calls again. So, um, but again, that gets moved almost every day. Yeah. So, but that structure in some kind of format you want to get to and stick to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And and then the, the other thing you mentioned was uh, the block profile, which I thought was really, really interesting because it's like, um, you know, when, when, maybe for somebody when they first get into real estate or actually like, I'll talk about my own experience when I first got into real estate, I'm not in it anymore, but when I was first in it, it was a little bit of like running around with like, uh, you know, my head cut off, like headless chicken <laughs> stuff. Right. Cause it's like, there's yeah. Like if, if, if you're in a big city, the market is huge. Like, and yeah. that's, and, and you're trying to, and maybe you're thinking like, well, I was thinking, I was like, okay, like how, how am I going to try and cover everything? Um, but in reality, you don't need to try and cover everything. You're mm-hmm. just trying to get like really, really knowledgeable in a certain part. So that, that's yeah. something that I, I thought was really amazing. Um, and, and can you actually dive a little bit deeper onto that? Like, how do you guys sort of pick, um, you know, like let's say a block or, you know, a, a radius yep. to sort of start working in and learning about, like, is there any indicators that you look for to be like, okay, you know, uh, I see a lot of value that there might be like a turnover of leases or something like that. Or how, 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 how do you sort of look at that? It, it depends on the area. I try and sit down with the agent once that's going to do a block program and keep it fairly close to where they live. So they can do it on the way into the office or on the way home. And so, but we also look at price per foot. You want to have a price per foot that you can figure out, okay, if, if it's, you know, $2 a foot and our average lease in the area is, you know, 1,500 square feet, you know, it, it's probably not the area you want to work. You want to find something that is, you know, three, four, five dollars $5 a foot and it's, you know, the bigger, bigger leases that can be done there. So you really want to break it down. I really... I really tell, ask our agents, how much money do you want to make in your first two years in, in the real estate business? And they'll say, you know, 300, whatever the number is. And then I break it down. You know, I think, okay, so then here's your, your yearly, here's your monthly, here's your weekly, here's your hourly rate. This is what you should be figuring out. You're, you're losing every time you're, you're wasting. How are you going to make this $75 to $80 an hour? How are you going to make that? And doing a $2, 1500 1200 square foot lease, it's going to be really hard to get there. So you really want to back it out and really look at, okay, this is the market I want to be in. This is a market that I want to excel in. And, you know, it's your first year, you're probably only going to add, you're going to start off five blocks. Maybe you'll be at 10 blocks by the end of the year, because once you've gotten to know a certain, that first five block area or four block area, you want to expand it. You want to take on the next four or five blocks. You want to keep expanding it till you've got the area done. And so I really tell our agents to really work it backward and figure out what your hourly rate is. And is this worth your time? Mm-hmm. Does this meet, is this going to help you meet your goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I actually lo- love how you break that down. Cause 
Um, probably a, a lot of people don't do that. They, they, they don't break mm -hmm. down what their hourly or like, you know, or maybe they don't even set a goal for, you know, how much they want to make in that first year. And it's just trying to like figure right. it out. Right. But I mean, like when you break it down and you're like, it, it, it sort of really keeps you focused. Right. Cause it's like, all right. Then, then you start looking at like, Hey, what is going to give me that dollar value? And you start prioritizing those activities instead of maybe doing activities that, you know, might not be yeah. giving you, you know, much bang for your buck sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really, it is key. You've got to look at that. I mean, when we sit down with our agents and start figuring that out and they figure out what they've got to make as an hourly rate to get to that number, they're a little shocked. You know, they've, they've really, you've got to really put value on your time. You, as a independent contractor, your time is your most valuable asset and people will take it from you. People will find a reason to tie you up and learn about the market from you with no intention of giving you any business. So we also tell our agents that before you step over the threshold to go look at a property, is this a good use of your time? You know, if it's 800 square feet and it's, you know, a couple dollars a foot in, you know, you've got to figure out the commission on it. You got to split the commission with the other agents. You really got to work it backward and to really take a look at that. And a lot of agents, they look at the big numbers, right? I was guilty of it too. I'm like, oh my God, if I sell this, you know, I'm we, there's this much commission and I'm going to get, you know, and I think a lot of it is you see these TV shows where they're putting, if this house sells, then the agents are going to get this commission, you know, it's not telling you the whole story. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And uh, like, like you said, those, those are reality TV shows. So some of that stuff is sort of already set up and sort of quarterbacked already yeah. uh, with, 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 with what's happening. Right. That's, that's not like the everyday agent that's, you know, that's just starting trying to get into, you know, their foothold and, you know, the, the business. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it can be difficult because as a new agent, you just want to get making money. Right. So every deal that comes in, you think, oh, here it is, here it is. This is the most important part of your career that you need to be vetting everybody out. Is if, you know, you got somebody that says, hey, I've got a concept for a business. Uh, I need 3,000 square feet, uh, restaurants, and you don't vet them out. You know, you want to know, do they have experience? Are, are they a proven operator? Do they have the money? Can they actually close on the deal? And so you've got to ask them all these questions before you actually start working with them because they are happy to have you go out and look at property. The, the fun part is going to look at the properties, right? But as an agent, can this client afford to close them? So really vet your clients out before you step over the threshold of the office to go work with them. And, you know, California is a little unique in that, you know, we don't sign a an agreement to work with people. Let's say if we get a buyer, you know, if, if I go to Texas, I was shocked when I was buying property in Texas, I had to sign an agreement with the broker gone. You're my only broker. You're going to find me the deals because we don't do that in California. So we have our agents try and get them if they can exclusive working agreement. Um, but it's difficult here. Yeah. So, yeah. If that, you can get exclusive working agreement, it helps. That that's that. Yeah. That, that's actually pretty crazy. Cause like I, I'm from Ottawa, Canada, and that is sort of like the norm here to be like, um, you know, to have sort of, to get that agreement signed. Right. It's the same thing probably with Texas. Right. It's yeah. like, it's just one of those normal things. It's like, Oh, you're going to work for a real, like if, if you're going to be my client, you're going to uh, like, I'm going to be the only agent you're working with. Right. It's not like uh, there's four other, five other, other agents and I'm doing all this effort. And then you at the end of the day, be like, Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to go and do something else. Right. Which can be a little bit 
um, you know, like a, 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 a little bit depressing as an agent, right? When, when that happens, right? <laughs> no, it can be a lot depressing yeah. and very painful because yeah. you might've missed out on a good client. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. We just had a client or an agent this morning that was talking to somebody and the guy goes, listen, I want to just, he goes, I've got cash. So I want to go after 20 to 25% below market, and just write offers to see if I can get one. And I just said, why would you work with somebody? There's so much cash out there right now that people are going to pay market for stuff. They're, you're wasting your time. And the agent, she says, yeah, I just told him we're, when he wants to get to where he's buying at market price, then great. But he's not, she's not going to be wasting her time writing all these deals because you, you could make a career out of writing offers that are never going to get accepted. Yeah. And honestly, it will, as a broker or an agent, it can ruin your reputation in the marketplace because you start writing low ball offers. Let's say something's at 10 and you're coming in at 7 million. You know, the broker is going to kind of laugh at you and probably lose a little respect for you. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And, and, and that's something I, I, I sort of learned as well when I was in like the industry for a bit was like uh, that I didn't know beforehand is that uh, I, I I thought it was a little bit maybe like, oh, you know, the other agent, like you're against that other agent. It's like, no, with, with that other agent, it's like you actually have a business relate, like not like a business business, but I mean like a relationship with that agent, right? Because that yeah. can be so like, like that's what I've just seen is like, that can be so useful to getting a deal done, right? And if you blow those, yeah. if you blow your reputation and you're sort of known as the agent that will not be who, who can't really close and is, you know, just throwing around offers all the time and they're not really serious. Then I mean, the, the agent who has the property is going to be like, okay, well, I'm just not going to even look at, well, not that I'm yeah. not going to look, but I'm not even going to, you know, take into account that really that offer. Right. Cause they, it might not yeah. really close. Absolutely. Your reputation is everything. It's, it's your career. And so, and that's why, you know, networking amongst other brokers is key in our industry. Because in Los Angeles and in Texas, a lot of them, you know, where we do most of our investing, they all, the, the good ones know each other, right? And they work together. So, and it just happened yesterday. We have a, a property that um, we were talking about and the guy said, listen, if I can bring you a deal on it, he's a Texas broker and we're in L for our LA property because I got a deal I can bring. And so my business partner, him and his whole network of brokers they'll talk to each other and they know that the guy on the other end of the line, uh, the guy or lady on the other end of the line is going to be able to close the deal, right? So it's mm -hmm. not even going to go to the market. They know that this person is going to pay market rate and they're going to close the deal. So, and it's because of my business partners, all this networking he's done all these years and it's key. Yeah. It's key. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I don't know how it works in, LA, but I, I know something that was really interesting about the commercial space in my, like in, in Ottawa was that a lot of deals don't go to market. Like they're sort of, are they're done off, off market, right? Cause a, like, you know, brokers sort of work that out between their clients and stuff. And there's yeah. so many deals that happen off market that you will never see. Uh, and that's why you sort of need like a really good, uh, commercial agent, right. To be involved yeah. with those, with those deals. Right. Uh, but yeah. to, to, to be a really good commercial agent, you have to have a good re reputation, right? So it all sort of links back together. Yeah. Yeah. And all those people in his group, you know, they know that before they bring a client on, they've completely vetted them out. They've got the money. They've actually seen the money that is can close the deal mm -hmm. or, or they're in a pretty one exchange too. But, um, you know, they know that they've got the money to close the deal. The bottom line, Max, it's commercial real estate 
is a business and you need to treat it like that. It's not residential where you're doing open houses on the weekend, you're going to lunches every day and going to events, you know, it's you've got to treat it like it's a business. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. To sort of transfer now to the to uh, another side of marketing, so social media, right? Um, yeah, that is a very interesting space. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's some commercial agents uh, that I've personally met that are not for uh, social right. media. They think it's like you know, oh, you know, it's stupid or something. And then I know other commercial agents that like social media is a huge, huge part of their marketing strategy, right? Yeah. Um, so for new agents that are coming on into this new world, uh, what, what what is your sort of advice with social media marketing? How should you approach it as a commercial agent? Uh, and what should you be doing just trying, you know, grow your community and your brand of people that know and sort of like you and trust you? Yeah, it, it's, I think, and we've proven it actually, we were, uh, our company being Commercial Brokers International, if you Google a commercial broker in Los Angeles, we're going to come up uh, number one or number two. So we focused on our SEO for years. Now, this is not in the paid ads. We don't do any paid ads. So we're below the paid ads. We'll be number one or two in front of all the national firms, regional firms. You know, we just, it's something we really believe in. And we probably just the company probably gets two to three decent leads a week. We probably get eight leads a week total, but just two to three that are decent uh, that we give to our agents. But you've got, I think you have to, you have to market yourself, right? How else are you going to market yourself? You get a cold call, you can do a sphere of influence block program. Why not market yourself on social? This is when I get agents to say, no, it's not working for me. And then I said, well, let's take a look at what you're doing. And they're just not doing it right. You know, they're not going to get any bang for the buck. You can't, everything you do has to bring value. If you're going to post on all these social networks, you need to bring value. You need to have your branding on point. I mean, you're, you're, you should study how to do the colors that work for what you're doing, uh, but your branding has got to be on point. And it needs to be consistent if you're going to do it twice a week on all your social, great, twice a week, but do it about the same time every week. You can go on and see the charts when you should be posting. Now, your content should be different of what you put on LinkedIn from what you put on Instagram and TikTok. You know, you want to change it up, but I'm a firm believer in it. And I think it's something that if you bring value in it, you, I, I know our agents get leads off of their social. So, I mean, but they focus on bringing value. If uh, you, want to, you want everybody to know what you do, where you do it, the asset class you do it in, and bring value about the market. So if you're, let's say you're a multifamily broker in Beverly Hills, and you go on every, you can do a different zip code. You can do the different zip codes. You can break it down by areas. So you do Beverly Hills and maybe you do, um, south of Olympic one time, but first one should be Olympic or a proper Beverly Hills, number of assets on the market currently, number of properties, uh, multifamily properties that have sold over the last three months or in the last quarter, um, price that they sold at or average price per foot at or price that they sold at, um, days on market. And if you have a listings and then make sure you have a call to action at the bottom. Okay, you do that one post, and then the next week, do the next post, do South of Olympic about this part of Beverly Hills is, and then do the same thing, number of units on the market, 
number that's sold. Um, you can even do a bed and, ba or a bed and bath breakdown if you want, but pertinent data that buyers want to know. And if it's retail, then you do the same thing in retail. Number of spaces available, number that leased out, average days on the market, call to action at the bottom, office, same thing. But it's got to be consistent and you've got to bring value. And then occasionally throw in a personal picture or two about something that you enjoy doing. So you can find people that have kind of, they like the same hobbies that you like. So kind of personalize it. So it kind of takes that, you know, we all have a wall in front of us, right? Where we're always afraid to call somebody. But if you, you know you're reaching out to somebody that has the same hobby as you, or if it's the same kind of dog or same kind of cat, or you got a photo of your dog or cat up there, it's easier to contact them because you're removing some of that barrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Um, so uh, one thing I just want to mention before we jump into the next segment: are are, are you still good for time? Because I, I I know yeah. we. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Cool. So now another question is: uh, sh Should you join a team or should you go solo? Uh, and what do you think mm. the benefits are of of them? That's a good one. Um, and I'm torn on this one, Max, because it depends on the person. You know, if you're not the full blown entrepreneur, I mean, when I sit and when we do recruiting meetings, we tell everybody, "Listen, this is a tough business." If you take a drop a pin in our office and go around, there's probably a thousand agents within two miles of this office, commercial agents that are your competition. And I can tell you what they're doing every day is they're showing up cold calling. A lot of them are just doing cold calling every day because that's all they their company really has them do. And so your competition is stiff. So if you're not that entrepreneur that can really just focus on business development 95% of the day, for four months, five months or more, then being part of the team can be something you take a look at. But, or, or another thing that I tell them is find a mentor. Find, go out, find a brokerage that's in your area that works at asset class that you really want to focus on and have a conversation with them. When you're interviewing them, you also, they're interviewing you, you interview them. Who in the office could I mentor with? And and then tell them, listen, I can bring this value to that person. If it's somebody that doesn't have any marketing savvy, maybe you can do the social for them. You know, maybe you can do their email programs for them. You can do the showings for them. Bring value to a mentor within the company or the individual within the company that you want to be really a part of. Uh, if you're going to be part of a team, you're probably going to be put on, okay, you're the office guy. Uh, you do office and that's all you're going to do. And, you know, then if you're out to dinner and somebody says, Hey, I want to sell my multifamily building. You're going to have to pass it off. You're not going to be able to do the deal. So it, but you can also learn a lot being part of a team. Maybe you go part of a team until you feel like you've learned enough, but it's kind of, you have to be look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. I am that true entrepreneur that can go do this on my own. Or I just need a mentor and a good company that I can really, I can work with them and really help build their business and they're going to teach me. And that, or the team member that really wants to take their time and really learn all about being an office broker. So you yeah. got to be honest with yourself before you even get into this business. Yeah. And I suggest diversification. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and uh, that, that's actually a great segment to roll into the next 
to the next piece. But before um, that, I, I think a hundred percent is really knowing your personality type and, yeah. you know, are, are, are you going to be able to sit down for, you know, like you said, the four months and do, you know, cold calls and just hammer things out. Yeah. Uh, or are you somebody else that maybe who like you can do that, but maybe you have other skill sets that, you know, you'd like to work in a team environment and help other people. Cause there's some people that like, you know, they love to just do it by themselves and they're just in it and they don't need anybody else. And there's other people that, you know, are great, uh, supportive players and they yeah. are absolutely crush at that of like, you know, quarterbacking and like lining things up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so notice to jump into the di diversifying, um, so let's actually talk about that. So what do you mean by diversifying as a commercial real estate agent? Yeah, we tell our agents, um, you know, focus on one asset class. If you're going to be an office broker or a retail broker or a multi, go be the best office retail or multifamily broker there is in your area that you're working. Be the best at it. But uh, now we do, I should clarify, we do classes three times a week, uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at 8.30 a.m., so we really teach our agents all asset classes. So they've, they've got an opportunity to learn. But if you're going to do that one asset class, you want to be able to diversify. So if I'm out having dinner, same guy, multifamily comes in and I can do that multifamily. Maybe I don't know enough to do it on my own, but somebody else in the office, it's a multifamily broker. I could work with them and say, hey, I, just, I want to learn how to do this. Can you show me? I'll do all the legwork and you, you do all the contracts and let's split it 50, 50, 60, 40, work on a split with them, you know, but really learn how to do that because I don't know, Max, but if you were an office broker for the last year and a half or a retail broker, what were you doing? I mean, you were twiddling your thumbs and if you were newer, I mean, so a lot of the established guys still had business going right, but if you were newer, you were... I mean, we lost we lost five agents because they they were newer, and they were office and retail, and they had to go. A couple of them moved out of state, and a couple of them had to go get jobs wherever they could find them. And so I think they'll get back into the business, but <clears throat> they had to get out because there was no office and retail going. So um, if they'd have been just a few more months along and had were a little bit more established before this hit, for, before COVID hit, I think they'd have been okay because we really pushed them to diversify because multifamily, industrial, it's been on fire here in Southern California. So they could have diversified. And that's how the rest of our agents made it through. Oh, okay. And, and, and one thing you really mentioned there was um, like that, the, you know, the, the losing the five agents, right. And that is something that uh, I think people don't really fully take into consideration is that when you actually start real estate, uh, you're on your hundred percent commission, you're not getting paid. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to have a lot of, when you start, you're going to have overfed, overhead fees, like all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so giving some advice on that, like how much, um, you know, like how, how much, like when you have a new agent that comes into your office, like, what do you recommend say like, Hey, you should have like 10 grand saved up. Should you have five grand saved up? Like uh, what, what, what's, what's your sort of. I tell them eight, eight to 12 months. You know, we tell them eight to 12 months. We've actually never had anybody go eight to 12 months. I think the longest we've had is four. And, you know, that was somebody that started during the pandemic and is, it's been slowing down. He got busy. But, you know, you really want to, I don't know what their expenses are. I mean, if they have got a, a fancy car and they're paying $2,000 a month for that. So I go by the months. You know, I think you need to be really focused on eight to 12 months of money set aside. 
and really, but I also tell them, listen, your first two years, you better be in the office 8.30 to 5.30. You better schedule it to, this is, you live here because your competition is, you know, it's the competition is fierce in commercial real estate. But the thing is, not all those people that are working all those hours are that good. You, if you have the mindset of I'm going to be the best and you've, you've, every commercial agent should have all the tools to know the market better than their neighbors. And if you know what's going on in your market, you're on the phones, you're cold call, and you should know for cold calling too, right? You should know everything going on in the marketplace. So be the best, bring value, and awesome. it will go a lot faster. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, so we're coming to the end here. I just want one last question for you. Um, so what is one question you wish people asked you more about your life? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't ever think about that before, but I think it, for what is my end game, I guess. And that's what I really focus on every day is my end game. If I get, it may, and maybe it's because I'm getting older and I think about this more now, right? But, um, you know, what impact will I have when I'm gone? Will there be an impact? And I think we don't want to all be forgotten, right? So I try and look at, you know, we have a, a mentoring program we do. It's for uh, MentorWire. It's we mentor young women that are in low income areas that want to get into real estate, not just in sales. If they want to be an escrow officer, a title officer, anything in real estate, we'll find somebody to mentor them. And so I think that's, you know, figuring out how I'm going to be remembered when I'm no longer here. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, impact I left. Yeah. And, and, and that's actually something I, I, I think like I'm, I'm, I'm very young, like I'm, I'm 21 years old. Um, but I, I, th I think that's something that a lot of people start thinking about once they start getting older and they start thinking about everything that they've done in their lives and like, what, mm -hmm. what, what am I sort of like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to be going someday, but what am I sort of leaving yeah. behind for like the next generation? Right. Which, which I really love about humans. Right. It's like, that's something yeah. that, uh, all, all humans sort of do is like, you know, leaving, trying to leave something for the next generation to help them yeah. to improve it for, you know, the generation after, which I really love. Um, yeah. And, and I think our business affords us to do that because you should get involved in the community you're working in. Right. So if you're, you're, you're selling multifamily in Venice, you should be working that area. Maybe you're working in a homeless program down there. It's something you should be able to make, you should have an impact in your industry. So I think, our business specifically affords that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great place to end the episode. Uh, thank you again, Joe, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, where can people find out, uh, you know, more about you guys, what you guys have going on and, you sure. know, if they want to reach out to you uh, to either maybe, you know, interview for a job or, you know, to, you know, get, get a commercial deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got, well, I've got a, if people, I just have questions about commercial real or about real estate in general, I've got a website. It's just under my name. It's Joe, J-O-E-K-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R.co, JoeKillinger.co. You can reach me there. Um, we put, we, we have a website. We also have a YouTube channel. You'll be able to see the YouTube channel on there. We put content out for people that want to become real estate investors or real estate agents. And so we put, we do two videos a week 
let me see, one comes out today, I believe. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, 2 p.m. PST, new video goes up, um, and then the website. And then if you have real estate that you want to talk about, uh, deals, it's uh, Commercial Brokers International, cbicommercial.com. Happy to help anybody that uh, needs some assistance. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you again, Joe, for coming on the show. And uh, thank you guys for making it all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. If you do have three seconds, uh, it would mean the world to me if you can please like this podcast and also leave a review that helps out a ton with the show. Until next time, have a great day, guys. Thank you, Max. Thank you.